Hello, my friends, and we are back for another great episode of the Practical Parsha podcast with Rabbi Shlomo Kohn. If you have any questions, comments, would like to say hello, please feel free to reach out at Rabbi Shlomo Kohn with a K at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. This past week, I had the unique experience of leading a trip to Lakewood, New Jersey, which is the Torah capital of the United States of America. And the men in my community had a unique privilege of studying in the famous Lakewood Yeshiva, where over 7,500 students study the Torah from Aleph to Tuf, that any subject under the sun in the Torah is being studied in this holy yeshiva. And it was an amazing experience. And one of the unique and special moments of this trip is when the leader of the yeshiva, the Rosh Yeshiva, who is, I guess, the equivalent of the dean of the yeshiva, Rabbi Yeruchim Olshin, Shlita, Rabbi Yeruchim, spoke to us and greeted us individually and actually shared an idea from this week's Parsha, which I hope to God willing share with you today, very beautiful thought, um, which I hope you find inspiration from. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Va'era. And just to give a quick overview of the Parsha, the Torah starts off with God reassuring Moshe Rabbeinu and telling him of the four expressions of redemption. And we'll get into this a little bit later, what each one represents and the significance of them. Moshe is still not confident to take out the Jews from Mitzrayim. He says, how am I going to take them out? They've not listened to me. They've not listened to anything I've said. How am I going to take them out of Mitzrayim? How is Paro going to listen to me to tell him that I should tell him that God says to take him out of Egypt? God reassures Moshe Rabbeinu. And even in the beginning of the Parsha, there's a little bit of a criticism of Moshe for his questioning God and questioning his plan. Hashem reassures Moshe Rabbeinu, and finally Moshe Rabbeinu agrees to go to Paro with his brother Aaron to tell him to let the Jewish people go. At this point of the Parsha, the redemption of the Jewish people is about to begin. God tells Moshe Rabbeinu that he's going to harden Paro's heart and bring about open miracles that will glorify Hashem's name. The Torah tells us the first seven plagues. After Moshe and Aaron go to Paro and request that the Jewish people should leave, Paro refuses. And God gives instructions to Moshe and Aaron to, to smite the Egyptians with different afflictions. And this is the ten plagues. In this week's Parsha, we have the seven of the ten plagues are listed. The first one is blood. The second one is a plague of frogs which overtake the land of Egypt. The third one is the plague of lice, where the lice overtake everything. The fourth one is the plague of swarms of wild beasts. The fifth plague is the plague of Dever, which is an epidemic that the animals die. The sixth is boils that the Egyptians get struck with boils, these uh, blisters and boils throughout their body. And the seventh is hail. The first idea I wanted to share with you is this idea that Rabbi Yeruchim Olshin told our group in Lakewood. The Torah tells us that after Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu that it will take the Jewish people out of Egypt and bring them to the land of Israel, 
he says to Moshe Rabbeinu, tell the Jewish people as follows. Therefore, say to the children of Israel, I am Hashem, and I shall take you out from under the burdens of Egypt. I shall rescue you from their service. I shall redeem you with an outstretched arm and with the great judgments. I shall take you to me for a people, and I shall be a God to you. And you shall know that I am Hashem, your God, who takes you out from under the burdens of Egypt. I shall bring you to the land about which I raised my hand to give it to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I shall give it to you as a heritage. I am Hashem. We see in the verses the four expressions of redemption. The Arba Lishonos of Geula. We refer to them in the Haggadah, and they are Vehotsesi, I shall lead you out of the Egyptian bondage. Vihitsalti, and I will deliver you from any type of service, even the easiest of work. Vigoalti, and I shall redeem you without ransom. Vilakahti, and I shall take you as my people by giving you my Torah. And this is the purpose for which you are being liberated. And the Medrash brings down that the four expressions of Geula represent compensation for the for four laws which Paro enacted against the Jewish people. The first one was the excruciating slave labor. The second one was throwing the newborns into the Nile. The third expression of Geula, the third expression of redemption, is in compensation for the fact that Paro took Jewish children and slaughtered them to bathe in them. And the fourth expression of redemption is compensation for the withholding of straw that the Egyptians did that they made the Jewish people find their own straw in order to to fulfill the quota that they needed to to make the different buildings now the each one of these expressions seem to be corresponding to something which is progressively more severe than the last the first expression of Voitsesi is for the is is corresponds to the slave labor. The second expression of Vihitsalti is corresponds to throwing the newborns into the Nile. The third expression of Gaula is for the slaughtering the children for the blood. And the fourth is that the Egyptians held back the straw for the Jews, making them find their own straw. And it seems that until you get to the fourth expression that the reasons why we have each one of these special expressions of redemption, they're getting progressively worse. Until we get to the fourth level, the fourth degree of the fourth expression of of redemption, the fourth wording, that we see that it's the withholding of straw. And it doesn't seem to match up because until this point, Slave labor, it's very it's bad. Worse than that, throwing children into the Nile. Worse than that is bathing in Jewish children's blood. But 
Then it gets to the fourth correspondence or the fourth expression, and that's that is keneged that it corresponds to this fact that the Egyptians took away the straw from the Jewish people. They made them find their own straw. So the question that Rabbi Yerucham asked is that why is this worse than the children, the Jewish children being killed to use their blood to bathe in? How is that worse? Right? We understand that you know it's, it's a bad thing that the Egyptians you know, took away the straw. They made them work harder. But fine, they have to work a little harder. How could that have been even worse than the the fact that the Jewish people the Jewish children got killed to be to be bathed to use their blood how could that be worse than the fact that the Jewish babies were slaughtered to have their blood to be used in Paro's bath the Russian Shiva told us the following story that many years ago he had the privilege of meeting a survivor of Auschwitz and the way that he described this this um, survivor was that he took his hand and he showed us that he was a very short little man. Very short. And Rabbi Yeruchim told us that this survivor, that he had lasted for six years in Auschwitz. He had survived hell on earth for six years. And it's pretty amazing because most of the survivors were people that came from Hungary, where the deportations only began in 1944, or they lasted in the concentration camps from other countries that weren't there for so long because it was very hard for people to survive. And he survived for six years, from the beginning of the war all the way to Liberation Day. And he told the Rosh Hashiva what kept him going. He said that in the camps, there were many prisoners. There were non-Jewish prisoners there as well. Soldiers, POWs, MIAs, and he said that these prisoners of war, these soldiers, these non-Jewish soldiers were big, burly men, very strong, but yet they dropped like flies. They didn't survive for more than a few weeks. And he said, but he, but he who was a little man, was able to survive for six years. And he told the Rosh Hashiva that what kept him going what kept him alive was this hope, was this connection to something bigger. The fact that he was a Jew and he was part of the Jewish nation and he had the Torah and he had trust in Hashem. He had trust in God. He had bitachon. He knew everything was going to be okay because he had that connection to Hashem that even if it looked bleak, even if it looked horrible, at this moment, he still believed and knew that there's something, there's a bigger picture here that he would be able to get out of. And he said that going back to our question, when it comes to the decrees of the Egyptians and how they correspond to the four expressions of redemption, the reason why the fourth expression, which corresponds to the straw being taken away from the Jewish people, that they had to find their own straw now. It was worse because we know that Moshe Rabbeinu asked Paro, he said, if you're going to have them work for seven days, the Jews, they're just going to die, right? As we know that in the, in the concentration camps, they just worked until they died. 
So he said, Paro, be smart. If you want to have good workers, good employees, then give them a day off. And he managed to convince Paro to give the Jewish people off on Shabbos. That Shabbos was their day off. They were able to rest their weary bones. That they should be able to continue to live, continue to be productive, and be able to survive. The Midrashim tell us, and the Talmud tells us, that the Jewish people in Egypt, although they didn't have the Torah yet, they had Megillos. They had these scrolls. And the scrolls told them of their history and told them of their redemption. And, and they learned about Hashem. They, taught, they learned about God. They learned about Bitachon. They learned about trust in God. They learned about Emuna, faith in God. And that's what kept them strong and that's what kept them going through Mitzrayim. But when the Mitzrayim said, when the Egyptians said, you have to find your own straw, they were taking away the Shabbos that, he had, that they had. Parah was saying, take away those Megillos, take away those scrolls. They have to use the day off now to find the, the straw that they need to, to fill the quota of bricks. No more studying, no more hope, no more faith, no more bitacho, no more trust. And that's why it was, it's more severe than even the children being killed for their blood. Because if we don't have that emuna, that faith, if we don't have that bitachon, that trust, then we're just like, we don't have anything. And we're, we're going to be lost. Right? Just like those POWs in the camps, that they didn't have something, they didn't have that trust, they didn't have that bitachon, and they fell like flies. You could be very, very strong and it still won't help you. You need to have that inner conviction and inner strength and inner belief and inner connection in order to survive. And that's why it was more of a severe decree than the previous three. And that's the idea that Rabbi Rucham shared with us. And this is something we can take out in our own lives when it comes to the idea of Shabbos, keeping Shabbos, the idea of learning Torah, the idea of davening, these are all the different ways that we connect with Hashem and keep ourselves strong, keep ourselves focused, and keep ourselves going in the right direction. A second idea which I wanted to share with you today is this idea that God tells Moshe Rabbeinu that he's going to harden Paro's heart. And the verse says when Hashem tells Moshe of the redemption, Hashem says to Moshe, See, I have made you a master of a paro, and Aaron, your brother, shall be your spokesman. You shall speak everything that I shall command you, and Aaron, your brother, shall speak to paro, that he should send the children of Israel from his land. But I shall harden paro's heart, and I shall multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. Paro will not heed you, and I shall put my hand upon Egypt, and I shall take out my legions, my people, the children of Israel from the land of Egypt, with great judgment. And Egypt shall know that I am Hashem when I stretch out my hand over Egypt and I shall take the children of Israel out from among them. And there's this concept that we keep seeing. We saw it in last week's Parsha. We see it this week. and We'll see it again in the subsequent weeks that come that Hashem is going to harden Paro's hearts. The commentaries discuss what is it, exactly does it mean that God hardened the heart of Paro. From the reading of the verses it gives an implication that Hashem was telling Moshe Rabbeinu that he was going to make Paro stubborn. He was going to 
put it in his mind that he would not let the Jewish people go. And no matter how bad the Egyptians were going to get hit, God was going to harden his heart. And the question which the commentaries grapple with is, if God hardened the heart of Paro, he made him stubborn to refuse him to let the Jewish people to go out of Egypt, what happened to his free will? What happened to his choice? Seems like he doesn't have a decision. He can't he doesn't have a choice to do good or bad because God took away his choice. One answer that's given to understand this question is, is from the Rambam, Maimonides. He says that when somebody does an Avero, when someone sins, there is a certain help from Hashem that we all have in order to do Teshuva, in order for us to return. That is not something which is constant. That if a person continues going down a path of sinning and continues with it, does not change their behavior, they have the potential of losing that special, that extra special help from Hashem to do Teshuvah, to actually to return. So Paro, who had afflicted the Jewish people for many, many years with crushing labor, with murder, with all the horrible things that he did to the Jewish people, did not stop in his persecution of the Jews. Henceforth, he lost that extra special help we get from Hashem for us to do tshuva, which is which makes it possible for us and easier for us to, to get back to where we were and to do teshuva. Meaning, Paro could have repented. It just would have been extra hard for him. Another answer which I wanted to talk about, which I thought has a very beautiful lesson, is that Rav Dessler explains this idea of hardening the heart of Paro a little bit differently than some of the other commentaries. He says that when the Torah refers to the hardening the heart of Paro, it wasn't that God took away his free will or made it harder for him to, to actually do teshuva, to return, but rather it was something which he came on its own on himself. And he explains that when a person does something incorrect, does something wrong, so the first time we do it, does it bother us? Probably. It probably bothers us a lot. We did something bad. We did something wrong. We know we did something wrong. It, it hurts us inside. There's something inside which our conscious knows it's wrong and we feel it. We feel guilty. But what happens the second time we do that action? We do that sin. We do that Avera. Do we still feel the same way as we did the first time that we transgressed? Or does it not bother us as much? The answer is, is that it doesn't bother us as much as the first time. What about the third time? It probably doesn't bother us at all. And the Gemara tells us that when a person does an Avera, does a sin more than once, it's Nasala Keheter. It becomes like it's permitted. And Rav Dessler explains that Paro, when his heart was hardened, wasn't this decree that his free will was taken away from him. He still had his Bechira. He still had a choice to do good or evil. But rather, the, the hardening of the heart that Hashem caused Paro was a natural reaction to Paro, to Pharaoh, continuing on his, on his path of evil, continuing on his path of Averos, of sins. And therefore, since 
he didn't change his direction in life, and he essentially blocked his own path to doing teshuva, to returning. And this is a very important message for ourselves because, you know, sometimes we think of doing something wrong. What's the big deal? Just do something wrong one time. But really, it's much deeper than that and much more long-term than that because once we do something once, when we do that wrong thing again, it becomes less um, wrong to us. We become numb to that feeling that we have inside of us till it comes to a point where that's what we do. And it becomes much harder to change our ways when we get entangled in bad habits, um, specifically in regard to spiritual bad habits. And this is not just for spiritual endeavors, but also for our physical things as well. When we get into bad habits, it's very hard to break out of when it becomes part of us. And the message that Rev Dessler is teaching us from Paro is that Paro caused this hardening of his heart to himself because he was just doing what he was doing and naturally that's what happens. For the actions that we do, we have to be extra careful to make sure we do what's right and not even letting one time to to go down the wrong path and to make that mistake, not to justify within ourselves that it's just one time, it's okay because it builds up, become numb and if we become numb, it becomes much harder to get ourselves out of it. So that's what's going to finish for today's podcast. I hope you all enjoyed. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to reach out to say hello, please feel free to send me an email at rabbishlamakon with a K at gmail.com. Everyone, have a great day.